Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast. This show is all about art, craft, and creativity, and I produce it weekly in the hope that it will help all of us live long and crafty lives. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Craft Sanity. It's been a little crazy this week, so I apologize for the later-than-usual posting of this podcast. But I'm here. I haven't given up, thrown in the towel. I'm still crafting sanity, my friends, so don't worry. This week, we're going to celebrate a birthday. Not mine. Probably not yours. Well, there might be a few of you celebrating a birthday today. And if so, happy birthday. But the birthday I'm talking about is the two-year anniversary of the sampler. Marie Cares, fabulous, genius project that launched back in 2004 when Marie got this wonderful idea to kind of be the middle woman for the indie crafters, artists, record labels, zine makers, you know, people who are doing really creative things and needing a way to get their work out in front of the masses. And how the sampler works is artists, crafters, zine makers, all these creative folks send in samples of their work to Marie and then she distributes them from her home base in Sacramento, California, to a variety of subscribers. She also sends them out to the media and people who have a way to get the word out about these interesting and talented people who are working so hard doing what they love. And she helps them get the attention and recognition they deserve. So. It's an important job that Marie's doing, and it's so fun. I mean, talk about fun interview prep. Guess what I got to do? Marie sent me this awesome media sampler, and I just love it. <laughs> I mean, it includes everything from there's a zine in here. There's a collection of stories in the form of pictures. In this box, there's so many things. I mean, it smells wonderful because there's all these awesome homemade candles, uh, pumpkin pie, soy tarts from Things That Make Sense. This, oh goodness, I'm dropping things. Uh, a fabric magnet in the shape of a star from P-Star. There are, oh my goodness, like there's earrings, pins, you know, little jewelry charms, buttons galore. It seems like the things that really grab my attention first off um, as a knitter, weaver, crocheter, basically uh, someone who's interested in every single craft possible. I really loved seeing the 25 yards of banana silk in a lovely green color from Blonde Chicken Boutique. I mean, I love the whole box. I mean, don't get me wrong. I also really liked this Kleenex cozy for your purse or for wherever. You can leave it on a table if you want it. It's lovely. From Sweet Honey Complex. And I love the fabric that was used. It's a turquoise and brown. I love those colors together. And another fabric item that I've been actually carrying around with me everywhere I go is... A little change purse from Handbags for Hipsters. Really lovely floral pattern. Uh, pink, orange, green. And I've put my business cards in there. My Craft Sanity business card. So, anyway. The sampler. It's fabulous. And Marie is 28 years old and just really setting a lot of trends for the craft world. She has basically charted some new ground when she started this crafty venture of hers. And... She's going to be so kind today to tell us the story of how this thing got started. She's also going to tell us about some of the crafty adventures that it's led her on. After the show, be sure to check out craftsanity.com for a little more information on Marie, links to her fabulous website. You'll also find a little fun how-to from Marie. All right, let's get to it.
For those who don't know what the sampler is, if there are any such people out there, give us a little overview. The sampler is a tool, mostly, for indie businesses, crafters, designers, artists, for them to get their stuff out to other businesses, potential consumers, and members of the media. Basically, if you have a small business, you can send me your samples, and then I'll send them out to other people and promote them on the website. For people on the receiving end, it's a way to see what's up with crafty kids all around. Not just crafty kids, of course. There are also indie record labels that contribute and zinesters and actual magazines that send in their samples. Well, that's good. So it runs the gamut from people doing self-publishing to music and loads of different stuff. So when you started this, were you just sitting there one day and thought, geez, I think I'm going to start sending out boxes of stuff. You know, I mean, how did you? How did this whole thing come together? What did you do? What was the inspiration? Well, the way you described it was pretty much how it happened. Yeah, basically. Just, <laughs> just one day decided. <laughs> yes, one day. It was probably a Tuesday, as that is usually the most uh, productive of the week. And, I, yeah, I just decided I should do this. But actually, before I did do the sampler, I had been a crafter myself and had sold jewelry and different accessory items to different stores in the Bay Area. And then about after a year of that, I opened up my own store, a tiny little place, basically a closet on Telegraph Avenue in Berkeley. And I was noticing that, you know, I had a website and I did wholesale and I had retail too with my store. But it seemed like people would be more interested in the items, more enthusiastic about them if they could actually touch and see them and feel them and have a look at what they were getting. And I was the impetus for the sampler that I really wanted people to experience the items. They were more likely to purchase them if they could see the quality or the craftsmanship, Mm -hmm. as it were. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I knew a lot of people at the time who were sort of, well, not necessarily struggling, but had businesses similar to my own website and retail and wholesale, and they were interested in the same kinds of things. So did you just kind of recruit some of your friends to say, hey, can you send me some samples and I'll get those out? Pretty much. I just, I think I called a couple of people or emailed a couple of people and said, what do you think of this idea? Is it totally dumb? And actually, they were enthusiastic about it. So it didn't seem totally dumb. And somehow, if it's still totally dumb, I am laboring under the illusion that it's not (laughs) for two years. It's not totally dumb. It, It really is so awesome. I want you to describe a little bit for the people out there that want to get work into the sampler. What do people have to do, and how many items do they have to make? Um, the minimum item contribution is 25 right now. And in order to get stuff into the sampler, all you have to do basically is email me with a description and pictures of what it is you'd like to send in. I don't really set any limitations on what people send in except towards content and size because I send out samplers to people all over the world of different backgrounds and different age groups. It's not entirely clear to me what's appropriate for everyone. So we try to keep it PG, PG PG-13, that kind of stuff. You don't want people sending illicit photographs, you know, made into magnets or anything. Um, Yes. (laughs) Okay. Pornography, anything to do with explicit depictions of genitalia, which is surprisingly a large portion of crafters who email me. (laughs) So I think that there are just people who aren't comfortable with that sort of thing, and the less we have to deal with controversy, the better, I think. So people can send you, you said the minimum is 25 items, Mm -hmm. and then they just kind of clear with you, and they just ship it to you, and then you you take it from there. Yes. There is a form they have to fill out that is so important to me, my precious, precious form that helps me with my record keeping. 
And um, as long as they include the form along with their samples, and the samples are basically what they told me they were going to send and packaged nicely and didn't spill everywhere, I will put them in a sampler. For the indie business men and women out there that are interested in this, how do you select who gets what? I get a couple of hundred subscribers each month, and then there are usually around 100 contributors, and contributors get samplers as well. So there are at least 300, sometimes 400 samplers that go out each month. Wow, you're busy. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little intense sometimes, and I'm in the middle of that. This week is putting samplers together and um, sending them out. So I try to keep it pretty random. I try to get a mix of different items. You can do a minimum of 25, but up to and over 200 items. People have sent in like 400 copies of their magazine before. So I try to get a mix of like the rare items, the super megas or what I call the 200 plus items, uh, so that people can be satisfied with their selection. And so you kind of spread the wealth around. That must be kind of fun. Do you feel like you're packaging up presents for people? (gasps) I did at first. Now you're just like this. This is work. <laughs> yeah, like a couple of thousand times into it, you're like, oh, man, when will this end? But, yes, I, you know, it, it's gratifying when people actually enjoy their samplers and take the time to write in and say that they enjoy them. That's really neat. And it reminds me that it can be fun and exciting and not just monotonous. And it's free if you're just contributing to the general sampler, and there is a fee if you're contributing for media samplers. For people at home making Whatever it is they make, it's pretty exciting to think that their work is getting to people who can help promote their business or shine the light on them, uh, feature them in a magazine or whatever, you know, newspaper article. What is the fee to be part of the media sampler? Well, this is something that just started. Since the beginning, I've been trying to get exposure for all the contributors by contacting magazines, but somehow, guess in the recent past, I've really picked up on a lot of different magazines and editors and writers all over, and... I've gotten like a pretty okay list of media recipients for the sampler. So sort of to up the ante for media recipients such as yourself, uh, yeah, <laughs> I wanted them to get a box <laughs> that was, you know, pretty interesting and full of things that would really entice them. And most people send in samples that are smaller versions of what they would have on their site and sometimes aren't even on their site. And I've heard from editors that they're unlikely to feature items that can't be found and purchased. Well, that's the thing, right. We want people to be able to find them. If, if we say, hey, exactly. we like it, we, we love this, and you should have it too, yeah, you have to be able to find it somewhere. Exactly. I mean, there is the enticement of, like, say, if you make high-end items like a big purse, you can't really send out 25 purses each month. So oh, no. I can understand how, yeah, people will make smaller items that are related to their work. But for people in the media, you'd want to send in something a little bit fancier, I imagine, something that's a real representation of what you do. So regular samplers are sent out in flat-rate prepaid priority mailers, those uh, 11 by 8.5 guys. Mm-hmm. And so that limits the size of the item that you can send out. For media samplers, I've decided that if I could charge a little extra, I can make the packaging a little nicer and allow for larger items that are more clear representations of what people do or actual samples of their work rather than samples they created specifically to advertise their work. In the regular sampler, how many items can they expect to receive each month? Uh, Regular subscriptions, there are at least 15 items per month and it just depends on how many items are contributed each month. I think the current month I'm working on is August and there are about 6,000 samples. Oh my goodness, wow. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> now, do you have to catalog but, all these items? Like when they come in, are you? How do you manage this? I have a lot of boxes in those trays from IKEA. Okay. Okay. <laughs> everyone expects there to be piles, um, and everyone asks me that almost 
invariably when they talk to me about the sampler, are there just piles of things? And no, not really. There are bags and stacks. But yeah, I photograph every sample that comes in. Not every individual sample, but the contributor's general sample selection. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty fun. So you have like this, you know, organized system. Yeah, if I did this, there would be piles everywhere, and I wouldn't know which end was up. So you you have some organizational skills, which I'm sure serve you quite well. Um, to some degree. Yeah. I, you know, I'm sure that there are some people who would scoff at what I would call organizational skills. Well, you've been making a go of this for two years now, so you're obviously doing something right. For people that send their stuff in for media, what kind of outlets are you getting items to? Because it sounds like you'd had a little taste of Hollywood recently. <laughs> <laughs> Which I am yes. intrigued by this. I am really intrigued by this. How? Now explain what what went down not too long ago. Um, gosh, I guess earlier this year I received an email that at first I wasn't sure was real, asking. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't know. I would totally have asking, the same reaction. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for real, like I, I think a week went by when I'm like, oh, maybe this is not. A I joke, don't know. Yeah. But uh, I got an email from a company that I had never heard of, a PR company in Los Angeles, and they said that they were hosting one of those gifting events for the then-upcoming MTV Movie Awards. And I'm sure you've seen, if you watch VH1 ever, oh, yeah. it says, you know, I, think, I can't remember what those shows are called, but basically I call them the compare and despair shows, where you see how <laughs> everyone else lives, and then you can feel really sad about how you live. Anywho, <laughs> if you're famous and rich and don't need anything for free... I you can go to an event where you get everything for free. But the trade-off is that these companies that are giving you things for free get you to post for pictures or get the publicity of being even involved in an event like that. You know, because it's a selective process. They don't just, well, maybe they do. Maybe they do just grab every Joe off the street like me. But anywho, so a company <laughs> contacted me, and I thought about it for a week, and I kind of... Uh, Mentioned it on my personal live journal and saw what people thought. Should I do this gifting event? Because it's expensive. You have to pay for it, and then you have to pay for going there and setting up and all this stuff. Oh, so you have to so, pay. You have to pay to to give your, away your stuff for free. Yes, you like, have to pay. How much do you pay well, to give your stuff? So, I mean, I understand it's a great opportunity, but I can understand your hesitation because you're thinking, "Great, this is going to cost yeah. me." How much did it cost to to do this? Well, the entrance fee alone was um, $6,000. Oh, my goodness. And that was the minimum for me, like the just a small potatoes like me. And there, it went up to, I think, over 20 oh my depending goodness. on what you wanted to do and what kind of uh, spot in the wow. house you wanted. Wow. Um, and then there were my own expenses beyond that. To get there? Yes, to get there, to prepare everything, because there are things you don't expect and there are things that you do, like packaging and promotional stuff, displays. And I actually paid for my friend to come and assist me at the two-day event that went for 12 hours the first day, at least. Oh, my goodness. Oh, more. It was really, we, I think we got up at 7 and set up. No, I actually got up at 5, had breakfast, went to the place at 7, set up, went back, took a shower, came back to the place, and we were home again at 11. Oh, my goodness. So is this so, right before the days leading up to the awards? Yes, it was the Thursday and Friday before before the MTV Movie Awards, which were filmed on a Sunday. Did you see a lot of famous people come through? I mean, was it cool? <laughs> okay, here's the thing. This I did not know before going because the PR company had this list of people that, you know, had attended previously, and it's Adrian Brody and... You know, Oscar nominated this guy and right. really hot chick that girl. 
And so you think about it, I'm like, wow, that's really rad. This is the list they gave me. And then the day before I get there, I get a list of preliminary um, guests. And all of these people, way more famous than I am. I have no misconceptions or illusions about that. But you know, on the scale of things, when they're saying this guy and that guy, you don't think the chicks from Laguna Beach <laughs> and Andy Milanakis. <laughs> and, you know, I guess that's great. I mean, still, he's more famous than me. Right, Absolutely right. understand that. Make a million billion dollars, I'm sure. But I think it was um, a number of guests that I was not expecting. But still, everyone was super-duper nice. So I did meet some nice people who were on TV and in movies. And though I didn't know who everyone was and had to ask them frequently, everyone was super-duper. How did people so react that to that? I think when you're famous, which I actually I, I'm thinking when you're famous, I have no idea what it's like to be famous. But Oh, you're famous. No, I really am not famous. It's really kind of interesting to see people react because I've been in situations as a reporter where I'm sent out to interview someone and I might not follow like NASCAR or something that that you know someone could be wildly famous in a particular walk of life and I just have never heard of them before uh-huh. you know so you do your you know you're prepping and all this stuff but you might be at an event where somebody else that's really famous is there and you don't recognize them how do these uh-huh. people react when they're going past your table and you're kind of like oh and um what show are you on? Or something. I mean, how do people react when they think of themselves as famous? Was that kind of funny um, at times? All of the people that were, I guess, the celebrity guests there were absolutely super duper nice about it. And I've said super duper so much in this conversation; it's ridiculous. Well, We've it's better than saying like the f word a bunch of times. I mean, <laughs> I could do that. Too. No, it's okay, really. No, but, but I don't want to work blue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess it's good that people were gracious about that. You know, they they were so nice. Everyone, I. Of course, I'm going to totally mess up her name. There was a woman who was in a movie with Bruce Willis, and she's in a movie that's coming out with Nicolas Cage, and I totally had no idea who she was. And I just asked her, I'm really sorry, but what should I know you from? And she said, you should know me from anything. That's not your job. My name is this, and I did this. And oh, she was that's, so nice. That's so great. Yeah, because yes. I, I would hope that you know, I would react the same way. I think the most unattractive thing about, you know, sometimes with famous people is when they just assume that everybody knows exactly what they do. And <laughs> it's easy probably to fall into that trap if your people are swooning over you when you get out of cars and lights are flashing and you're walking on a lot of red carpets. But <laughs> that's not my experience. But it's great to, and refreshing to hear you say that there are some humble people that are just cool. That's great. That's great. Because I think we don't hear those yeah. stories about Hollywood enough. So that's... Well, all of, all of these people um, were super. Well, and what was it like to be sitting, like, what types of items did you bring? Like, because you offered this, I mean, you brought the Sampler Nation along with you on this adventure. And when people, um, did people pay then to have their items at this venue since it was co- pretty costly for you? Yeah, actually, well, what everyone paid for was just the entrance fee, basically, the $6,000 to get in. So I took about 60 contributors, and each person paid $100 and okay. then sent in their samples. It was a juried event. I had um, about four of my friends uh, who were anonymous, even to each other. Oh, very interesting. Yes, it was It was rough, and it's kind of scary, <laughs> because they were judging each other's work, and they had no idea who was there. Wow. But anywho, yeah, so I took about 60-some people, and each paid $100 so that got me in the door, and then everything else was out of my pocket. What were the biggest hits when you have the rich and famous walking through? What types of things did they glom onto? Most people really, really enjoyed the sleep mask from Jenny Cakes. Oh, yeah. The one yes. that I had, yeah. 
You might have seen a picture yeah, of Yeah, I did. Say, I did. OK Magazine or Us Magazine with Anne Hayes, who, by the way, was super sweet. Awesome. Totally nice. And she liked, the, <laughs> she liked the sleep mask. Indeed, she posed with it, the one that said hung over. <laughs> awesome. There were a few others with more colorful language that people like of those masks. Yeah, I know that there's a variety of phrasings you can get. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> but those were a big hit. Gosh, almost everything. People just really responded to all the colors and the way we had the display out. You saw almost one of everything, and we rotated the display so everybody's samples would be on top. So they just picked up everything. You know, Amy Peters' necklaces that said um, Life is a Journey was a big hit, and most of the people who really liked that, Anne Hayes again, she really dug that, actually asked to put it on, which reminds me that my friend Lynn got to touch Anne Hayes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> she held my hand for a minute, and that was fun. That's cool. So was it kind of a surreal experience? <laughs> it was completely surreal. She was the first guest that they brought in, and, you know, they come in with a publicist, they have photographers following them. So is it like it's one at a time? Well, usually they go from table to table. Okay. So it's like you're kind of staggered. It depends. They came in whenever they wanted, so it was hard for them to coordinate everything. But then Anne Hayes was the first person, and, and as soon as she arrived at the house, there was like a ripple. Anne Hayes is here. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh, okay. And, of course, I only know what I've read in the tabloid, and I didn't know what to expect. Right, right. And so when I met her, she was just so nice. And this was the part that was so surreal. She held my hand for a moment, and she said, you are really sweet. <laughs> you attract sweetness. <laughs> I can tell. And so what did you do? You know, I was in the, the zone there, <laughs> and I said, wow, thank you so much. You are so kind. Wow. And it was just sort of like a silent, quiet moment there where we're holding each other's hands across the table. (laughs) With a bunch of homemade goods spread around you. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, she's standing there, her publicist behind her, there's a photographer to the side. It's in a 90-degree garage in a house in the Hollywood Hills. Oh, my goodness. So whose house were you at? It was just a, a house that the people rent out for, you know, video shoots. I think it's only to be rented for events. Oh, I see. Just one of those fabulous houses that no one actually lives in. It was super fancy. Yeah. I'll well, tell you what. Well, I mean, I'm living vicariously through you because I knew this was, you know, a bit of an adventure story. Do you plan to do that again? Um, I think so. You know, I, I think I would like to be more sure of the guest list. Maybe like the I Oscars? Have... Maybe the Oscars Well, there's time. the Sundance. And I, I guess a different company contacted me about the upcoming Emmys. But again, it was one of those situations where I just, after having experienced it, I really want to make sure that I'm, you know, getting on the right pony <laughs> with guests that will please the contributors because right. it's a big undertaking for most contributors. They, a hundred dollars is a lot of money. Oh, and it's a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. On top of the items they have to send in, the labor they have to put in to get these items together, packaged nicely, and sent to me. And that's asking a lot from a lot of people. And so I think I'd like to be a little more careful about the next event I choose to do, if I do one. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you represent your people very well. Oh. Yeah. It sounds like you put a lot of care and effort into what's going on and want to make sure that they're they're going to get a satisfying experience out of it. And that's great. And how has the sampler become part of the, you know, kind of the fabric of the DIY industry here where all these indie people doing their thing? And what role do you think you serve in that whole culture now? Well, I like to think that the sampler 
and I don't want to get too grandiose here, um, but it, it seems like it's created a nice community of people who really support each other and the sampler. And it's just a, a nice byproduct that a lot of these people are getting exposure and press. Because if you hang out in the sampler live journal community, there are a lot of people who get to know each other through live journal. I've gotten emails from people who visit sampler over the years and have gone to craft fairs and have met people said, I know your stuff from the sampler. And that's really, well, that's heartwarming. That's really nice. I like to think that it's a positive force in the crafty community in general. Positive and uniting force. Uh, and I agree. I think it, I think it really is. And I I hear a lot of people talking about it. And I've had you on my list of people to interview for a really long time. And Aww. then I'm like, well, now's the time. And yeah, I'm so glad, too, because I think it's really great to get a chance to talk to you. And I think one of the things that I'm really curious about is, are you, because you put a lot of work into this. I mean, this is um, something that, and I can't even see, like, all your organized bins to see like what you're in the midst of right now but it sounds like I mean this isn't just like an hour or two where you just kind of aimlessly throw stuff together I mean you have to address the packages get everything ready go to the post office and I mean just all these things you're doing I mean do you make any I mean do you have a job I mean are you making money off this or do you have to do work another job to support yourself I mean how does it all come together well right now um, the sampler is making enough to support itself but not me okay but, so you're not losing money on it but you're not really you're not making money you know I don't try to think about the QuickBooks but my fiance does and I think maybe I've lost some money but it's not so much that I'm broken I do have some credit card debt but the thing that has helped me is that my parents are supremely generous and have supported me financially through this because, you know, they think it's going to be a good thing. And so they gave me a loan, and I'm really trying to make it work. In fact, it's funny that you brought it up now because it's a long story, but my uncle had asked me to promise him because he thinks he's dying, which he is not, <laughs> to become a lawyer because none, no a kid in, our, in my generation of cares is a lawyer, and he thinks that I would be a good one. So if I don't start turning a profit or able to pay my own rent here in December by my 29th birthday, I said that I would apply to law school. Okay, and so how do you feel about that? I have high hopes for keeping the sampler alive. <laughs> what you're doing is really an interesting concept, and the, the challenge, I think, for all of us who love art and craft, I don't make any money off Craft Sanity either. Um, and it's kind of funny. It's called Craft Sanity, and it's kind of insane what I'm doing. <laughs> I mean, in a, in a way, because so I work a 40-hour-a-week job, actually 40-plus, a, a kind of 8.30 to whenever job as a reporter. And so I can kind of relate to what you're dealing with here, and I, I love Craft Sanity. I love talking to people mm -hmm. like you. But the struggle I have, and I think the struggle everybody who loves the art and craft world, is there, there isn't a lot of money in what we're doing. But none of us are loaded. You know, like we're not rich in payments and have millions of dollars to buy one of everything. So I think that's a challenge that a lot of the people who listen at home, too, are thinking, geez, I'd love to quit my day job and just do this, but I don't know how in the hell I'd pay my rent. You know, I mean, and I think exactly. a lot of us feel that way. So as you're working through this, I mean, are you even into the idea of going to law school? I mean, is that something you want to do? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, I really, really believe in the sampler, but, you know, my my family has been incredibly generous and patient with me, so I think it was a confession I had to make. You know, I've put into work some other projects that hopefully will pick up the slack for the sampler. And, of course, that media option is something that helps out a lot. And people are being so nice. And, like, actually, contributors don't have to pay anything for their sampler to go out. But people have been kicking down five bucks here and there. And that really helps. You know, when you're sending out 400 mailers each month, five bucks helps. 
and people yeah. will opt out of their samplers. And because the community is so kind and generous, it's, I found a lot of support there um, that makes things, at least the burden, more easily borne. And I'm actually trying to start up a little sort of boutique PR service specializing in other businesses like yours and mine, like indie PR businesses, and I'm doing a little contract work for um, larger companies that are still in keeping with, like, the crafty indie DIY sensibilities. Okay. Um, in fact, I just heard yesterday that I'm going to be working on PR for the new craft magazine from Make. Oh, excellent. Well, actually, and I should so, talk to you because I want to I want to interview the editor. Which one? Well, basically, I'll interview all of them. I want to do something before the magazine comes out. Dude, that is so perfect. And that's the thing. I could do this every day. Like, I could really make this a job and do it every day. And it would be so much better because I work on my website between, like, midnight and 2, 3 a.m. And then I get up the next day and I'll be at my day job and I'll check. I'm like, oh, great. In my crafty announcement section, I spelled announcement wrong twice, you know, and the last two entries. And I'm a journalist. I mean, I'm a pro- supposedly a professional, but I, I do this, like, at my probably at my worst, you know, when I'm sleep-deprived and, you know, but I love it. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I got to keep doing this. So it, I under, I can relate, to, and you're really – sounds like you're trying to generate some other revenue from other things so you can continue to keep doing the sampler. And it sounds like you want to keep subscription fees low because you want people to actually subscribe. Yeah, and the people who I think are actually buying crafts from other people aren't the kinds of people who have 50 bucks to blow on a sampler. Well, exactly, exactly. You know, and so I, I don't see raising subscription prices at all ever again. I did it once, and there was a sort of a public outcry, but people still subscribe, and I just think that this is the upper limit. It's How much is it right now? It's $20 for a domestic one month and 53 for okay. three months domestic. Well, how do you feel about advertising? I think it's a very delicate balance because to stay relevant in the crafty indie community, you have to you have to remember the values that build it. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, mm-hmm. I remember once Tylenol, ouch, the website contributed to the sampler, and people were mortified, angry that I had allowed someone so corporate to take part. And what did they contribute? Um, they contributed CDs of indie, indie bands. But, you know, that was part of their, their marketing. They were trying to get the new young kids, crafty kids. And I didn't think it was a problem at all. The CD was actually really good and it was attractively packaged and had illustrations from a young and upcoming artist. And it was really neat. But, yeah, people are leery of corporate sponsorship. And I have considered it... But I think it's really important to remember, you know, the community that the sampler serves. I mean, it's tempting. I mean, because I could go out and find some, some fancy, smancy uh, advertisers, too. And, I, of course, I, I do disclose that on this show I'm completely biased in favor of everything handmade. <laughs> um, so um, I'm obviously not, not going to be like Walmart handmade. Exactly. Well, yeah. You know, I, I mean, just, <laughs> that, that's insane. The sampler you know? brought to you by Walmart doesn't. Doesn't quite have the charm. Yeah, that would be kind of weird. That um, sampler brought to you by this girl who's struggling to bring it to you and who was just like you with her own shop. And right. That seems a little right. more appealing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, otherwise people are going to think what is this girl is like some kind of exactly. scam. Well, I do hope, though. I feel pretty good about this. You're going to find a way because I mean, you've been around for two years. You've been tapped by... 
you know, the Hollywood folks, <laughs> you know, that whole scene. And now if you can get maybe yourself hooked up with uh, Robert Redford, you know, like with his whole uh, yeah, Sundance his uh, thing. Because that's kind of the same type of thinking, exactly. you know. Not everyone there with a film is, you know, a rock star and, and totally popular and famous. Or at least ostensibly you know, think, it is. I've heard from people who have actually been that the gifting suites there are among the richest, most plush suites that, you know, you get Rolexes and really? BMWs. It's, oh it's turned into quite a circus. Yeah, and I know that a friend of mine went and she paid like $400 for a hotel room and she had to split it with nine other girls so they could go. <laughs> oh my goodness. And they, you know, how do you get nine girls into a hotel room? I have no Especially idea. with one how bathroom. Put on their yeah, with one bathroom. Exactly. That would be hell. But, oh my goodness. It's really funny because it's contrast of how like the other half live, you know, and it's like uh-huh. you're, you know, you're struggling to get these handmade goods in front of people that actually have the means to buy all of them. <laughs> and uh-huh. meanwhile, you know, they're rolling out of bed in a, you know, $2,000 a night hotel suite, you know, and they're like, oh, look, a little change purse. I got this for free yesterday. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what's going on here? Yeah. But you, you do hear stories of, you know, the celebrities crafting and a lot of the celebrities I met at Style Lounge were crafters. I mean, they're, they're so nice. I know that, that Vanessa girl, her mom, makes ceramics. And uh, several of the ladies were crafty. Shannon Elizabeth, I think, is crafty as well. So do you have time to craft still? I mean, Marie, do you get to do anything cool besides stuff envelopes these days? <laughs> no, I miss it so much. I think, I, you know, I took, like, a few days off after the holiday sampler, and I felted, like, crazy. I did the needle felt and some hats, but that was the last time, really, that I got to do anything. Uh, right now, I'm creating some craft fair survival kits for Renegade Chicago and the December Felt Club, and so that means I'm making all the fun stuff that goes in it. But I'm sure you would consider that crafting since it's for a purpose. It's not, like, simply for the joy of right, creating. Right, you're not just... Making whatever. And so what is, what is a craft fair survival kit? Um, the craft fair survival kit will be a box set, um, 200 for Renegade. Oh, my goodness. Right now I have, I bought a whole bunch of mini sewing kits, pens. It'll have, an, gosh, wet naps. Okay. <laughs> no one thinks of wet naps, but you need those. Those are so vital. Yes. Yes. And a safety pins and then a craft fair survival guide, which is just uh, anecdotes and tips from different crafters who have volunteered their information. And a puzzler from Yankee Girl Design, she did a little puzzle for that, and coloring pages from different sampler contributors. And what I'm creating now are, oh, I forgot to say buttons from Button Arcade. What I'm creating now are the little notebooks that I'm putting in, just tiny little notepads that you can take notes on or write little notes to your friends. Or if you've made a new acquaintance and they've run out of their cards, you can put down their contact information. Yeah, that's what I'm putting together now. They have little fabric patches on the outside with stamps, and they're really adorable. Oh, they sound But I'm doing about 350 of them, so after a while, it's like, oh, this isn't cute anymore. I really want to shoot myself. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing how many? many 350. Oh, my goodness. And now, would these go to people buy them, or how does that work? Oh, no. I'm just... Sending them, I think, I think of it as an advertising thing. Um, okay, so it's like you're sponsoring them. Exactly. They're for the vendors who are attending the event. So you're busy every day. It sounds like you're doing something yes. related I, to I the I totally sampler. put down my laptop last night and read a book, though. What, you, what are you reading? reading? The Prestige okay. by um, Christopher Priest, I think it is. 
And how do you like it? I'm liking it okay. Yeah? <laughs> you know, I just want to know what happens already. I, mean, I have very little patience anymore for um, drawn-out narrative, but it's that damn unreliable narrator thing, and I just, oh, just tell me the story already. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like it's got you hooked. The book is, you know. Yes, and I'm going to finish it, but yeah. I just don't know when because I have to get back to work, and I just, you know, I just signed on to do 10 to 15 hours of consulting per week for make and then I already work about 10 to 12 to 14 hours a day on the sampler so we'll wow. see what happens yeah, well that consulting is probably going to help uh you know keep you going with the sampler and and all that so is that absolutely that's got to be exciting yes and I just I hope I do a good job wish me luck Jennifer you know, I'm, I think you're going to do fine you have the connections they're obviously recognizing okay. that did you feel like when you first started like you felt like man I hope this works you know um I hope I'm doing I this still right I feel and, like that yeah <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's such a struggle. I mean, just getting right now, Sunday, I, there's so much work I should be doing right now. Yeah. And this is like a joy and a pleasure to be talking on the phone and sitting in a beanbag chair. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I just, every month I feel that way. Like, I hope I don't blow it. This is the month. Yeah. This is the one month it's all going to go down. <laughs> well, Fire, like, fires are going to burst from the mailer <laughs> something yeah. horrible is going <laughs> or to something happen. will leak out and destroy someone's upholstery or something i mean yeah. last month the summer sampler which is you know a, a big deal of like about a bin a bin of mail gone completely gone and it wasn't the last day either it was like the thursday before the last day of mailing and yeah a bin what? of mail missing what do you mean no it's idea. missing i remember because i have like, like a you know big list of uh, addresses and in alphabetical order okay okay and so i got a couple of emails saying oh my sampler is missing oh okay i'll send you another well i got six and they're all from this section of the list on a certain day <laughs> oh my goodness and i have a friend who's helping me out kelly from the ups store and she used to work at the post office and she said yeah, your bin is just in a warehouse, and it may just stay there for another couple of years. <laughs> what? Either that or someone is stealing things, and that happens, too. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, that's <laughs> so now I have, like, this missing bin of mail, and I have to try to contact everyone and say, hey, here, I'm going to find your money or give you a replacement or give you an extra oh, month. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, they're just things like that that just, oh, it seems like it's the end of the world. Right, because it's like, yeah, you work so hard to get everything ready and then to have that happen. And, you know, and they have no one to blame but me. I can't tell them that, Yeah, some hey, moron did it in a, you know, exactly. in a warehouse somewhere. And why should they, why should they believe me? Right. <laughs> they gave their money. They should get their stuff, so. Yeah, well, hopefully, you know, people understand that, you know, just, you know, you're, you're going to make it right. You're going to, you know, make, get them some samples, you know, give yeah, you some time. I think that the majority of sampler people are nice people. Yeah. Or they don't stay sampler people for long. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you have people that that um, contribute all the time? Or do you Yeah, get... I mean, there have been people who have had to take, like, a month off, but there are people who've contributed basically since, like, the first or second month of the sampler. Wow. And that's two years straight, and I don't know how they do that. Now, do you keep do. samples of the samples? Like, do you have one of each thing? Like, were you keeping things at the beginning, and now you're like, okay, I don't have room for all this stuff. I'm sending it all well, away. Everyone thinks that I should be doing that, but where would I put that? 
everyone has told me you should keep an archive of all the samples. And I just think it would be impossible. In the 25 sample contribution pool, when someone sends in 25 items, they're often a mix of items. So it's not the same. You know? And then if you kept exactly. them all, you wouldn't be sending any out. Exactly. And like, <laughs> this could be the one item that gets this person to purchase something from them. And right. you know, why would I, yeah. How do I choose what to keep? But I have a photographic record on the website. So do you I keep anything? I mean, do you keep anything for yourself ever? Um, sometimes, you know, people are really nice and they actually write a little note and send an extra something for me. And I do keep those things. But you don't take, okay, so what you're saying is if you get 25, you send out 25. I send out 25. Yeah. And that must be hard sometimes if something's really great. Well, I think that once you see six or 7,000 samples each month, <laughs> it's really hard to get attached to any one thing. I see. Yeah. Um, especially with the limitations of space being what they are, you know, clinging to anything is a little difficult. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you tell me, what does your space look like that you're working in? Right now, I have about 15 of those mail tubs stacked up in a corner in a small office, hardwood floors. <laughs> it's very dimly lit. Lots of stuff on the walls, some racks from Ikea, a beanbag chair, and a rolling chair. Hmm, is that... And that's, oh, yeah. horrible, horrible wood paneling on the walls. <laughs> Excellent. Now, is this in your apartment? Excellent. You're in yes, your apartment? I'm actually, we're renting a, a little house out in Sacramento, so I could have my house and an office in one. Excellent. Yes. So you work from home. Yes. That's awesome. So you could be doing like sampler stuff in your pajamas if you want to. Yes, and it's also evil because I could be doing sampler stuff in my pajamas if I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could just have my laptop out at all times, which I do. And then my fiance calls it my whoopee because I'm hardly ever without it. It's my security blanket. Uh. <laughs> and I basically wake up and start answering emails because I think people forget that that's one of those things that takes up a lot of time. I get a lot of emails. Yeah, it does take up an ungodly amount of time. Email. Yeah, I get up, start answering emails until about 11 oh my a.m. Goodness. And then start working on stuff and then start answering emails again and um, doing website stuff. So that's just the curse of working at home is that you can always work. Yeah, and you never stop. Yeah, you're always right there at your office. And there's no separation at all. Like you can, I think when I had a job way back when, you, the stresses of the workday ended when you left work, mm -hmm. you know, and then you had your own stresses at home to deal with, but right. now it's all one. Uh, and what did you do before the sampler? What was your day before job? Before the sampler, well, there was, you know, I had the store. Oh, yeah, of course. Was that your last, your last gig right before the sampler, the store? My last real job, which was basically my only real job, was working for a dot-com in San Francisco because my philosophy degree from Berkeley really, really prepared me to work in the high-tech industry. <laughs> oh, boy. Naturally, I would work at a dot-com. Naturally. <laughs> so philosophy degree. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Did you, but it sounds like you, you use a lot of your philosophy knowledge on your website. Is that how it is? I think, I think, <laughs> I, think I, I, think I, I see some of that coming through just a tad, you know? Okay. Yeah. Your take on, on life, you know, drawing people out with your interviews. Cause you do some interesting interviews with people. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah. I take that as a, a supreme compliment from someone who does the professional. Well, I think the fact that, I mean, they're fun. They're really fun. That's the whole, and <laughs> I like your, now you really like haiku. I'm, I'm picking up on that. Oh, I do. So did you prepare one for me? <laughs> no. Would you like me to write one um, impromptu? Like... If you can write one, that would be excellent. And we'll, what, we'll... what is the topic? 
Well, um, let's see about crafting. Anything crafting. about crafting or sampling? Sampling. Sampling. Craft sanity. I don't care what you. I'll take any kind of haiku. Okay, I, this is just off the cuff, of course, and I have to beat this out with my fingers because that's the only way. If you like samples, then you should get the sampler. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> it is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you've had some great success already, and you sent me this wonderful sampler in the mail. I mean, I look in here, I mean, this it just even smells good. I mean, everything from, Yay. like, a foot, a foot soak from Sublime Dragonfly to, like, these awesome candles. Yeah, Martinsville Euphorium can I mean, this stuff Ooh, is did just, you get a mocha mocha? You know, I think I did. Yeah, I did. That fabulous. That smells so good. Yeah. That's oh, yeah, good. it's like, yeah, I just opened it. It's, it's hung it makes me hungry, though, to smell this. Cause it's like, I can't eat it, but it smells like I could, <laughs> you know? Oh, that, you know, so, uh, Soap Cafe, she makes... A pumpkin cheesecake soap that's shaped like pumpkin cheesecake, and she writes on the card that comes with the soap. Don't I mean, eat. all of her soaps are food-oriented. They're like little candies and mints and chocolates. She did mini donuts this month for August Sampler. It says, do not eat, and I've always thought, do you really have to tell someone, do not eat? Yes, absolutely, well, because smells, that pumpkin cheesecake was insane. Yeah, it smells that good, and I mean, some of this yeah. stuff is just, I mean, everything, soy can This there are a lot of candles in here. Which I oh, love, yeah. I love, and it's it's so cool to see what people are doing, and it's like a box of people's passion, basically. You know, it's like they you can tell people are making these things, they love what they do, and they're just like it's a box of like hope too, because they're like hopeful that somewhere, somehow, someone is going to pick up what they have, and they're gonna just love it. And I don't have the business card with me that came in this awesome little change purse. I want to say it's uh. like, is it um? Uh, handbags for hipsters it is handbags for hipsters oh my gosh i saw this thing and i was like oh this fabric rocks and then i opened it and there was like a different kind of fabric in the inside and i'm like oh i love this and i actually went to the detroit uh, urban craft fair to do some interviews with people meet some awesome vendors and meet the organizers and get back to the city in which i was born on uh, detroit um oh. a city in desperate need of more resurgence, but it's on its way back, I like to think. Um, but anyway, I went and I brought this change purse and I put my business cards in it. So I was continuously like whipping it out and it's like a little bit, a little a little change purse of happiness because I just look at it and Aww. I love it. And so it's like, I mean, and, and just to, you know, it's just one of those things where you open this box and it's so, it's so fun. Like I told my husband, I'm like, yeah, did I get a box today? You know, it's like, I'm like <laughs> is it here yet? You know? And, you know, my sister actually was in town when it came. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you won't believe what this is. And she's crafty, <laughs> but not as crafty as I am. And she's like, what is up with you? So I, like, tear into it. You know, I have basically not taken my bag off my shoulder, barely said hello to my children, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, the box, you know. And it's it's just so, so awesome. And I know that I'm not saying this because I got one, you know. Um, well, actually, I'm partly saying that because I got one. Because I wouldn't be able to say <laughs> well, it if I didn't. One, you would yeah, I would like, have oh, no I, idea. I hear but, it's really nice. But I wouldn't know. Yeah, it's, yeah I, then I'd be all, like, pissy about it. You'd be like, yeah, yeah. I, I guess they're cool, but she didn't give me one. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> that but, sucks. But, no, I oh. mean, the thing that I really like about what you're doing is a way to get exposure all over the place. And where where's the farthest you send the sampler? Is it global? Yes, it is global. Singapore? 
Wow. New Zealand? Is New Zealand farther? I think it depends think, on which way you travel. Well, it depends on which way. Yeah, I'm in Michigan. You're in California, so it's it's a little different there. But um, uh, New Zealand, I'd say that's pretty far. That's pretty far. Yeah. But, yeah New so Zealand, you're... Australia. We have contributors from there, from Singapore. There are contributors in Italy, in um, England, Spain. Wow. Gosh. And so how I don't do you... have any South American contributors. That you really bums some. me out. You need some. Now, now do, how do you determine, like, do you package things? Like, do you say, okay, if people are subscribers and they, does it go by their interests? Like, if they're really into fabrics and fibers, do you have some? Or is That's it just... something I have no idea about. Okay, so... you just, so you just, this is just a box and you never know what you're going to get. Exactly. Okay. That's why the question marks are there. That's what, that would be why. And it's, it's, it's <laughs> well, and I think it really does get people also to consider, like, you know, there's some glass bead. Let's see. These are from uh, Legacy, uh -huh. which is really kind of cool too. I mean, because it's something that I probably I don't know that I would go and seek out this particular item, but I love it, and I'm gonna wear these. You know, Aww. I mean, I just think this is really, really cool. So I I just want to congratulate you on what you're doing because I really think that no one else was doing anything like this that I'm aware of, and you know, it sounds like you're willing to stick with it as long as you have to 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 kind of make a you know make it really take off and make it so you don't have to, you know, worry so much about, you know, how you're going to keep it going for, you know, next month and the month after, you know, and, and yes. so there'll be a time, hopefully we'll get to sit in a cafe somewhere and have lunch someday and reminisce yes, well, you about, know you know, how we were struggling back then <laughs> and now, can yeah. you believe it? Can you believe we even doubted it for a second? <laughs> I'm so glad we're here, Jennifer, drinking our martinis, yeah. sitting in the pool. Yeah, I mean, I don't... Gorgeous naked men fan us with pom <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, that would be a wild time. And I'm a married woman, so I don't know if I could go to that Well, I am engaged, so. But it's, hey, they're just doing their job. Everybody's got to work. <laughs> oh, and you could give them some handmade samplers as a tip. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know what? Maybe that's that guy's only skill. Yeah, maybe. You know? Maybe. That's, well, maybe, maybe that's what he was born to do. Who am I to judge? <laughs> You're not going to stand in the way of someone's dream. <laughs> exactly. Why? Why would I? Oh, goodness. Well, it sounds like you plan on being a lot richer than I do. I think I'll always, <laughs> I'll always be a middle-class thinker. You know, I was raised in a blue-collar family, and so I just can't ever picture myself in a Rolls Royce, you know. Well, I, I think I was uh, giving in to hyperbole there because I, I don't actually drink martinis. Yeah, I actually don't either. <laughs> well, what do you hope in five years? What do you want the sampler to be in five years? I want Sampler to have at least five employees to work on it and dedicate themselves to that, and that it will be a subdivision of my greater project, which is Pinwheel PR, self-propelled promotions, which would hopefully give indie crafters or indie business people in general. I try not to specialize in crafty endeavors, but that is where I my expertise, if you can call it that, lies. But um, giving them the tools to promote themselves and actually make their businesses viable. And so Pinwheel PR, is that something you're just starting or have you been working? That's your kind of side thing that you're doing consulting through? I just started it. Well, I don't have a website yet. I actually asked Nicole of Smart and Lovely to start working on a logo design and the website. And so the website will hopefully launch this fall. Excellent. And once that's up, I'll be able to start taking clients, hopefully. Excellent. Well, I really, truly appreciate all the time. You've been very generous with your time. I do appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you, Marie, for sharing your story and your great sense of humor with us. We appreciate it. And uh, congratulations on two fabulous years of the sampler. And all you folks at home can check out craftsanity.com for links to Marie's website. 
on her website, you'll be able to see samples of all the contributors, like items that they make. It's an inspiring and just really fun website. There's even some tutorials over there, so check those out too. And don't forget to check out Marie's interviews. They're kind of quirky, but they're really fun. I hope you're inspired to uh, join the sampler. And I want to remind you that it's not too late, at least if you're listening to this over the weekend. Since I uh, got this podcast out later than usual, I'm going to have a little grace period here. On the website, I said that the contest for the Claudine Helmuth giveaway was Monday at noon Eastern time to submit your 20-minute rapid art project. Basically, the rules are the word is sweet. Claudine came up with that as the prompt. Just spend 20 minutes working on something quick in your interpretation of the word sweet. Take a picture, email it to me, and then we will get you into that drawing. And I'm going to hold off to do the drawing. I think what I'll do is I'll wait till Tuesday to do that. So if you can get me your entries, you might be able to squeak one in at the end because I really kind of dropped the ball myself by not getting this podcast out earlier this week. So feel free to send in your entry. I'm giving away four copies of Claudine's book. I'm really excited about some of the interviews that we have coming up. I'm going to be talking to some really cool movers and shakers in the the indie crafty world, and it's so fun. I actually learned how to make glass bead today. I'm not so sure I could do it very well on my own, but a lovely woman named Nancy here in West Michigan gave me a little tutorial, and I'll be featuring her on the show. There's going to be a bead show coming up here in October. Oh, and the Mohops came today. They're sandals made by Annie Mohop in Chicago. And I'm very excited because Annie is going to be a future guest on this show. So stay tuned for that. Please keep those ideas and suggestions coming. I've gotten kind of a flurry of of awesome suggestions lately. And if only I had more time to interview people, this would be fabulous. I could do this every day because I love it so much. Thanks for all your kind emails. I'm a little behind in responding to my email, but I'm going to try to catch up with that too. You know, it means a lot. It really does. It means a lot to me to have your support and kind words. So thank you. And if there's someone you think would be a great guest on Craft Sanity, please email me. They do not have to have a book deal. They don't have to be well-known. In fact, it's kind of cool to be able to find people who aren't well-known and tell people about them and help them become more well-known. I definitely don't want to have a snobby show. If you see someone out there who's doing something awesome, or you yourself are doing something cool, feel free to send me a note about it. I think that's it. I think that's a wrap for today. Oh, um, and on Wednesday, participating in the KnitFix blog tour, on Wednesday, uh, my website, craftsanity.com, you'll be able to listen to the interview I did with Lisa, the author of KnitFix. She is all-knowing when it comes to knitting because she convinced me during our talk. If you get a problem and she can't fix it, well, then it's probably unfixable (laughs) because she's good. She's really good. Cool thing is, if you check back here on Wednesday, you can find out how you can win a copy of her book. So everyone have just a great week, and we're actually going to have kind of a double feature this week, so you'll hear from me again very soon. Just keep on crafting, folks, and especially so important to craft sanity, my friends. Oh, boy. It really works for me. It's my saving grace. Thanks for listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast with Jennifer Ackerman Haywood. Visit CraftSanity.com for more information about today's guests and links to subscribing to the podcast. Want to support the show? Follow the link to vote for Craft Sanity on Podcast Alley once a month. You can also make a donation or buy goods at the Craft Sanity store. Have a suggestion for a future guest or have other feedback? Email Jennifer at CraftSanity.com. Thanks again for listening to Craft Sanity.